northwest 5 to 15 knots in the afternoon. Wind waves currently 3 to 6 feet with northwest swell 7 to 9 feet at 9 seconds. Six minutes past 10. Stay tuned for the Saturday special next on KSCO and KOMY. Saturday special is sponsored by the California Grill in Free. Freedom and Los Animas Concrete. And now here is MZ. 60 in Watsonville and Salinas. No. Degrees in Monterey. No. Oh, my God. You that did was, that. Shame on you. That was the voice of Don Husing. It just happened to be on playing on my iPod. working the scene of a traffic collision. Ooh. What a great voice he had. I know. We miss him, don't we? We sure do. Black Nissan Altima wow. versus a white vehicle. 1256, a roadway hazard, moving roadway hazard, uh, a big rig. Well, Southbound, US things happen for a reason. That's just so we don't forget Don. But, you know, I wanted to uh, play something else here um, from the iPod or the iPhone. And, um, yeah, I have to find it here. So, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here, listen to this. <laughs> Have you heard the expression, fortune, misfortune, difficult to tell? It applies to the planning department at KSCO, for you see, if it wasn't for the abusive area planning departments, well known for causing the misfortune of unfathomable grief, misery, and expense for many, if not most, who deal with those agencies, our communities would not today enjoy the fortune of having your favorite radio station, KSCO, as the voice for everyone. It's true. KSCO, as you know it today, was born out of the weekly city. Citizens for Planning Reform, or CPR, talk show that ran on this radio station during the late 80s. While the planning departments continue to bloody local property owners, the most powerful and unaccountable commission in the country, the California Coastal Commission, is destroying lives and personal fortunes of good people quite effectively itself. Thank you. Hear all about it on the next KSEO special this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Dare to Stand Up to the Fascists or Be Happy Being Pathetic, Lily-Livered Surfs Radio, AM 1080 KSEO. Okay, um, I, I guess I should turn off the, uh, the iPhone there. That, that, was, um, that was a promo from a show that ran, I don't know, two or three years ago here on KSCO. And why did I play it? I played it because um, one of the topics we're going to be speaking of today on the Saturday special uh, has to do with the Coastal Commission. And the fact that um, someone has finally had the balls to step up to the plate and go after these fascists, you know? And I think it's really cool. Um, he's probably cringing because he's on hold <laughs> with my language here. But, um, oh, oh, my God, before we finish here, before we get much farther, Ma, I want to say hello to you. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. Right, you're down here uh, to to greet people, to meet and greet people to come yes, in and to and, sell my book. Yeah, and and for people who make donations to your book, uh-huh. and, you know, and for people who make donations to the stations, they get free stuff like free book. They get free bags, tote bags that are made in the USA yes. out of canvas. Yes. And the best thing about the tote bags is that they have a giant KSCO retro logo. I mean, this is the neatest logo. That, that shirt crafters came up with, uh, to, for, for our station. It's the best logo we've ever had. People look at it and they start drooling. They say, well, I want that logo. And I said, well, why don't you get it on a big it. bag? Yeah, Michael, there's more to it. What though. Do you mean? Just having that bag 
and the the what it's made of is so uh, good for uh, buying groceries. Exactly, especially in this county where where they they started charging ten cents for the bag. Then it went to twenty five. I understand it's going to go to a dollar, and finally it's going to go to ten dollars or so. Oh, I don't think you know, so. and so well, I wouldn't put anything past this county, but anyhow, um, so. <laughs> Um, anyhow, uh, let's, uh, let, let's, uh, let's get a, uh, let's get an update. Uh, 2300 Portola Drive, if anybody wants to come down here, uh, between now and a couple hours from now. Uh, right up um, until, right up until, up until noon. noon. Only up until noon, then yes. we're out of here, right? Yes. Okay. Alrighty. Um, Kevin Lunny, um, is, uh, is back with us. And for those of you who, um, who, uh, don't recall, Kevin Lunny is the owner of uh, Kevin and, and, and his wife um, uh, Nancy uh, are the owners of a w- wonderful, um, um, ideally, um, how, how, do, how do I say the, the Drake's Bay Oyster Farm, which is uh, located in um, uh, Marin County, and the uh, oyster farm has been the subject of a great controversy for the last. Uh, a um, couple of years, I guess, and the oyster farm has been ordered to leave by the um, state, uh, by the federal park service. And um, amazingly, this this happened almost uh, two years ago, more than two years ago, on November 30th, 2011, I believe. Am I right, Kevin? Yeah, so actually, the decision was on November 30th, 2012. Oh, it was 2012. Oh, that's right. Yeah, two years ago. So is it 20? Oh, okay. Well, whatever it was, it was it was sort of a long time ago. And um, I think it's absolutely wonderful that you guys are still um, are still there. Um, and a lot has happened for that to be the case. And do you, do you want to bring us up up to date about you know what you've been through and what's going on here? But uh, I, I know what, what got me very interested is is the news um, article, the news uh, a press release that I saw a couple days ago uh, that said that um, uh, Drake's Bay Oyster Farm is is suing the California Coastal Commission for basically violating the Coastal Act, <laughs> and I thought that was great. And so uh, I, I wanted you to uh, reminded me that it was a great time to, to to have you on and sort of bring us up to date on what the latest is besides that because there's a lot of other things involving the, uh, the the oyster farm. So well, first of all, my thank you uh, for having me again. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your radio station. Uh, it's a it's a fabulous uh, station and. Uh, and it's an opportunity for us to, to let your listeners kind of know what's going on. Um, just a quick recap uh, so people understand. Uh, our farm is situated inside uh, a unit of the National Park Service. It's a national seashore, the Point Reyes National Seashore. Um, seashore was created in the 1960s by a partnership between the ranchers and farmers and government and the environmentalists that said all these farms could continue um, to operate into perpetuity if they created this national seashore. And that's how they got agreement with all the landowners. And it, it never would be a national park or a national park unit, a national seashore, if it weren't for 
those agreements and commitments by the ranchers. So what's happened really in a nutshell is the National Park Service and a few of their vocal wilderness activist supporters have um, turned their back on those agreements now, um, at least for the oyster farms so far, and we think it's a, we really do believe it's a precursor for all the ranchers, that they're going to take that deal and set it aside and telling us that we no longer like that agreement to keep the oyster farm here. It's been there for 100 years or and permitted by Department of Fish and Game for uh, about 80-plus years, long pre-existed the, um, you know, predated the, the creation of the seashore. And so they made a decision to kick us out. And when they did that, they broke the law. The, the decision was arbitrary and capricious um, and not in conformance with the law. So we were forced, and that was uh, when uh, Secretary Salazar was the Secretary of the Department of Interior. He came out to the farm and he met with us. And he made this decision, and he, and he based it on um, false information. And now it's knowingly false and knowingly wrong. And so we've been following that that um, legal battle since then, since uh, November of 2012. Uh, we've gone through district court. We've gone through the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And um, right now we are we have just been given um, a stay, a stay of execution, we'll call it. Um, the, we've been allowed to continue to operate while we prepare our petition um, for cert in the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, who will have to sort out these um, legal errors made by the Department of Interior and the uh, and the Ninth Circuit Court. Of this is this is so, really big, Kevin. I mean, that's so so. It's for sure that the U.S., not the California, but the U.S. Supreme Court will be hearing your case ultimately. Well, it is not. It's not a given. Uh, very, you know, it's rare that cases are taken by the U.S. Supreme Court. But what we have is a very clear, very clear legal issues that very well could interest the U.S. Supreme Court. So we are, we will be petitioning the Supreme Court, and uh, we will be waiting to hear. That'll be within the next probably 75 days or so. We'll be submitting briefs to the Supreme Court, and uh, we will see if they're interested enough to take this up because the legal issues that are in question right now will affect people across the United States. Um, the, 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 the Park Service and Interior Department, with their zeal to remove the oyster farm, which we believe is probably the first domino because the ranches could be next, um, they actually had to undermine certain laws which would put um, permittees, federal permittees, anybody grazing cattle, for example, on any federal land, U.S. Forest Service land, BLM, what they, they it puts all of those people in jeopardy because this new law that they're creating would allow an agency to say, well, we believe it's the right thing for the environment, so it's no longer viewable by the courts. The courts have nothing to say about abuse of discretion. So this could really, really their their goal was to get rid of the oyster farm, and what it could end up with is um, 
destroying livelihoods across the nation. This could be something that the Supreme Court would be interested in looking at. So when are you going to know for sure? When do they, what is the procedure now for you to, you've been given the, the permission to operate. And by the way, have you been operating at, at, at the, your same capacity than before, than as before any of this happened? Yeah, we, we have authorization just to continue business. Now, MZ, that, that may sound good, but it's a farm. And to farm, we need to be planting continuously so that we can harvest. That's that's why this. Yeah, and that costs money. And if all your money is being used up, you know, defending yourself in court and things like that, and and bringing actions. Although I, I understand that you have some pro bono legal help, which is great. Um, oh, it's fantastic. The, these attorneys. This is very sophisticated legal team working on behalf of Drake's Bay is pro bono because they saw injustice. They saw a federal agency acting badly, truly um, in violation of their own uh, laws and policies because they wanted something to happen. They wanted to remove people from the landscape, so they had to make things up to justify it. And these lawyers are became um, outraged by it and have really come to our defense and are working pro bono. So. That's great. Now, are, are, the reason I'm asking you this question, if, if you have been able to operate at the capacity, at the pre-problem capacity, um, is I, I, was in, um, I was in a place called the Berkeley Bowl uh, this week, um, and I'm sure you know what I'm uh, Berkeley Bowl at least is, has been an, a, a Drake's Bay uh, Oyster Company uh, account. And I always noticed that there were uh, Drake's Bay oysters there, along with several other, you know, brands and places, and, you know. And I, and the last few times I've been in there, I haven't noticed. Now maybe maybe they were so they're so popular they were sold out. I don't know. The last few times I've been in there into the Berkeley Bowl, I haven't noticed any Drake's Bay oysters. And I've been meaning maybe I should ask you this off the air, but what the heck? I mean, I just what's what's going on there? Are you? Have you, have you, are you unable to, to supply in the numbers that you were able to, or I'm just curious well, about that. We're, we're, yeah, Berkeley Bowl, by the way, is just a fantastic place. They, they really believe in what we believe in, and that's local and sustainable foods and healthy foods and organic foods, and, um, and that's where we like to see our oysters. Frankly, our production's been pretty similar um, as it has in the past, um, but it is a challenge because, as you say, when we're on such thin ice, it doesn't make business sense to plant at the same rate. Um, if the park service is allowed to do what they want to do, they their their goal and their mandate that's being stayed by the courts right now, uh, they've, they've told us that we have to, to take all our oysters out and throw them in the landfill and, and tear down the buildings and our 35 employees. It's total insanity. I mean, it's it's exactly the opposite of what a good, sustainable, green uh, procedures are. They're, they're directing you to do the opposite of that. It's just, it's laughable. It's, it's just, it's absurd. It is. It's beyond absurd. Um, that's why there's so much uh, support from the environmental community. Uh, for Drake's Bay, you know, the, the wilderness activists that are really our enemy, that really are using unbelievably uh, ugly and, uh, and dishonest tactics 
um, to get us removed. They like to say that they speak for the environmental community, but they don't. Real environmentalists actually totally support Craig's Bay because right. they know it's, they, it's sustainable, it's not hurting the environment. Now, that's not me talking, that's the National Academy of Sciences talking and scientists all over the world. Um, it's, it's, it's a historic resource. It's part of our- I, I met some of those zealots, uh, you know, uh, who I believe are, are amateur human beings. Anyhow, uh, so, alrighty, well, well, we just wanted to get this update and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about what you're doing with the coastal zone because I know your attorneys have advised you not to, uh, not to talk too much about that. But I, I just wanted to say that reading about that or hearing that you have brought this action, uh, against this, this obnoxious, uh, agency that's totally out of control warmed the cockles of my heart. And so I wanted to, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to, I wanted to bring you on. And, um, if, if there's, if there's anybody who wants to ask, uh, Kevin, uh, make a comment or ask Kevin, um, you know, we've only got a couple, about, about four or five minutes more, um, and then we, we need to go on to another topic. But Kevin, as soon as you are comfortable, um, and, and you get the clearance to talk about the, uh, the, the, the action involving the Coastal Commission, I, I really want to have you on for a whole program or, or multiple programs because this is, <clears throat> pardon me, the um, it, it's it's, it's a, one of my favorite subjects here is you know that this coastal commission you know get what's coming to it which is you know should be eliminated I think. Well, you know, MZ, you will be the first to hear because uh, I think that you have a very clear mind on what the Coastal Commission is and uh, we know the Coastal Commission was created for a good reason and we see that the Coastal Commission has kind of lost its way and, and, and people are getting hurt and all we really want is to do what we can to help correct that and to get our permit that we've been asking for. It's really simply... Um, asking the Coastal Commission to do their job. And so I don't think what we're doing is extraordinary. We've been forced into uh, uh, places we never expected to be with these legal challenges. Right. Okay. Well, I, I just my hat's off to, to you and the, the whole organization there and, and the people who are helping you. Um, it's just great that you're that you're still in operation and and I, I I believe that you will continue to be in operation because um, you deserve to be and should and it would be wrong for you well, not to thank be. You. Thank so. you, MZ. Um, it's it's really because of people like you. It's the public. Uh, there's huge support. It's overwhelming support. Uh, our county, our community, the Bay Area, other thoughtful people. All support the oyster farm, besides a very small handful. But in Washington, they decided that small handful was the only people they should listen to. Kevin, you'd be interested in this. Um, last evening, uh, I, at, I attended a live uh, broadcast of the Will and Willie show. It was held at uh, at, uh, at, a, at a bar. Oh my gosh, I forgot the name. It was terrible. I, it, it was at a bar, a really nice uh, uh, bar at uh, Fisherman's Wharf area. And I happened to be sitting next to a, 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 a couple, a young couple, about thirty something. Um, and he, the, the the man saw my hat that said KSEO on it, and he says, 
He said, he likes my hat. And I said, oh, good. It's a great station, too. He says, yeah, yeah, I listen to AM station. I listen to AM radio because of talk radio. Uh, I said, well, that's very interesting because you look like you're pretty young. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just about to thir- turn 31. <clears throat> and um, uh, I, I mentioned that I do a radio program on, on this station. Because he wanted to know, you know, what I did at the station. I said, well, I, I sort of own it. And, uh, but I also do a radio program. The reason I own it is because I kept getting kicked out of the place. And I figured I had to own it to keep from getting kicked out of the place. And that was about, oh, by the way, that was exactly 23 years ago yesterday. Yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of, uh, KSCO coming back into, uh, uh, local, uh, ownership and management. Um, after five and a half years of non-local ownership and management. But anyhow, these people said to me, well, what are you going to talk about? What do you talk about on your show? And I said, well, tomorrow we're going to be uh, getting an update from the Drake's Bay Oyster Farm controversy. Are you, are you familiar with that? And, and the gal just got very, very, very excited. And she said, I'm from, I'm from Sonoma County. And everybody who has any kind of a brain is a, is in total support of what they're doing to these poor people and, and to, and to the whole state of California and the whole oyster consuming public. I was so surprised. I mean, that really made her come alive as soon as I mentioned the Drake's Bay oyster farm. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, you, I think you have even more supporters than you think. So, you know, for, for what that's yeah. worth. Well, you know, MZ, it's because of people like you that get the word out. It's, this is an outrage. It's an injustice. And and when people hear it, it it does things to you. You you, you start to wonder, how how do people get away with this? And uh, when you ask the agency a question, they simply don't answer. Don't engage. All right. Now, now, now what you're going to do, is to use the words of um, Patricia Hurst, Remember Patricia Hearst when she was kidnapped in 1974 by the Symbionese Liberation Army? And after, you know, a few months or a year or something, they, they found her and then she decided to stay and fight, which is what you have decided to do. And I, and I applaud you for that. But not everybody decides to stay and fight. And I guess that's a nice little interesting sort of, um, uh, segue into our next guest. Kevin, it, maybe you could stay on for a little bit in case, uh, Bodie, my next guest here, uh, has any, any, any comments about, uh, your situation because he's a property rights sort of guy. You know, he's been in the, he's been a real estate broker and is a real estate broker and, and, uh, <clears throat> he has a very interesting, uh, uh, story and he's a little, little, little disgusted with, uh, with our government, and he's he's doing things a little differently than you are. So, um, if, if let me let me bring Bodie into the conversation here. Uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, Bodie, Bodie Kroll. Hi, Michael. Can you hear me? I hear you just great. And Kevin, can you hear Bodie? And Bodie, can you hear Kevin? I can hear Kevin. Can you hear Bodie, Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Great. So, Bodie. Uh, quickly here, um, you and I have been friends for, uh, I don't know, probably since 2010 or so. And, uh, I became acquainted with you, um, at, uh, KSCO North because you have a, uh, an auction, a real estate auction company. And I thought you were a very interesting, creative, uh, character. And I'm, um, I- I'm attracted to those kinds of people. They're attracted to me. Um, and I found that you have a, um, 
you're, you're very well read. You're one of the most well read people. I know you like to read books and books and books. You like to listen to lectures. You like to listen to the radio a lot. And you and your uh, wife and, and children, you have two kids, have recently decided that you're probably going to make a major change. And that major change is move out of the country, huh? That is correct. I mean, I think, um, you know, we don't know if it's going to be forever. You know, one never knows what it's going to be like overseas until one has been there and experiences it. We, we may determine after a year or two that we have jumped out of the frying pan right into the fire. So we, we're not... Uh, giving up our citizenship right off the get-go, but we definitely would like to get a new, a new perspective and uh, take a little break from what we see. You know, for us, I'd say the reason is it's a it's a it's a trifecta of uh, political, um, environmental, and financial. And um, you know, initially, I think we've been watching this political situation evolve over a period of years and. You know, I think it's been many steps have come, many things have happened that have led us to this, but, um, you know, I, I've definitely noticed over the last few years, as I see it, the last couple nails in the coffin of our uh, democratic republic, uh, our constitutional republic, uh, have been nailed in the coffin. I mean, the, the big business, the corporation, and the state have fully merged, and the definition of a country where the state and the corp the corporate and the state have merged is is a fascism. And uh that in conjunction with the Edward Snowden releases, I'm sure many of your audience members are very well informed, but for anyone that doesn't know, Edward Snowden was the last in a line of about five different NSA National Security Administration whistleblowers that alerted us just how out of control that agency has become, and in particular when I learned from Edward Snowden that every phone call in the U.S. is being recorded and kept in a massive data bank in uh, Salt Lake City, that is the point at which I realized it's not even a free country. It's become a fascist regime, and now if I can't talk to my mother on the phone without feeling like it's being recorded, that is not a free country. So we're a little disheartened with a lot, and I could go on. There's a lot of other things going on that are alarming, and uh, we've just decided to kind of watch out. You've been very busy with your with your own things and, and, and your own problems and your own concerns. Have you been following uh, the Drake's Bay Oyster Farm thing? I, I understand if the answer is no, but uh, you've got I mean, a little... Enough to, I'm, I'm well aware of it, uh, you know, and I, have, I am a, a lover of oysters, <laughs> So I have sort of a pony in the race. <laughs> I want local fresh oysters. So, you know, I, I am biased in that sense. I think they've got a great thing going, and it's crying shame, and it's going to cut into my local oyster supply. I'm not happy about that. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, so, all right. Well, Kevin, um, so you, you're, um, here, here's a question for you, Bodie. How come you're not staying and fighting like Kevin is? Well, that's a great question. You know, we have spent a lot of time over the last couple of years doing just that. I prided myself of keeping a protest sign in the back of my car. I was been ready to protest at the drop of a hat. 
We've been out there for the Occupy movement, the anti-war movement, the March Against Monsanto movement. Um, you know, I, anything we could do to get out there, I, I've come to the conclusion that the best thing we could do is get out on the street and, and make our grievances known. But we've become a little disheartened because on some of the most important protest days, well, I felt there should have been 150,000 people on the street. I'm out there with 500 people. And I just felt like, you know, over what, what What event was that? Well, as a classic example, the day the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, was due to either get signed by Obama or vetoed, and for those of you that don't know what that's about, Section 1021 and 1022 of the NDAA uh, gives the government the right to decide you're a belligerent, you're a bad person, you're a quote-unquote terrorist, and without a trial... They can snatch anyone, including American citizens on American soil, up off the street, put you in a military prison anywhere in the world where it is absolutely certain that they are torturing people. Where, where so did you learn this? Where did you learn this? And is, are you is I mean, you a reliable it. source? It's, it's in all, it's all the major newspapers, you know, the L.A. Times, uh, New York Times. This is hiding in plain view. So look it up. Those that want to look it up, Google NDAA. That stands for National Defense Authorization Act. And in particular, type in Section 1021 and 1022 of that act, and you'll it'll read out just what I just explained to you, that they can, without a trial. Now that's without due process, mean, yeah. Without due process. If you're such a bad terrorist, why can't, I, why can't we just put you on trial and prove it? And that's something that, that has been fought over for hundreds and hundreds and really thousands of years to get to that point where we have the right to a trial by our peers, a jury of our peers. And to just snatch that away, that was an absolutely pivotal day in Western democracy. And to get out there into downtown San Francisco and be there with 500 other people it was demoralizing to me to realize that the rest of the country was asleep, wasn't paying attention, um, and that, and Obama promised to, to veto it, and he, because nobody cared, I think, I mean, if there would have been 150,000 people out on every street, he probably would have vetoed it. You're an Obama a voter, right? Excuse me? You voted for Obama, right? I will confess I voted to, for Obama the first time. I'm going to admit that. Uh -huh. I was smart enough to see through, uh, you know, that I was duped, and I certainly did not vote for him in the last round. In fact, I can't even consider myself a Democrat. Between him and various things that the Democrats have been doing in Congress and the Senate, I can't even, uh, yeah, I've had to leave that, that party. Hmm. All right. Uh, we want to open up the phone lines, 479-1080. That's an area 831. We're talking to, with Bodie Kroll and Kevin Lunny. Kevin might have to leave at any minute. Just jump off whatever you have to. But Thomas at the summit has been waiting for some time here. So let's bring Thomas on uh, and welcome him to the Saturday special on your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO. Uh, what's up, Thomas, in the summit? Hey, Michael and uh, Kevin and Bodie. <clears throat> Boy, you got two meaty ones here. Yeah. What I'm going to say you might not really care about too much because what I heard this morning from you and Kevin was kind of a one-sided biased view of the whole situation. Okay. And so I'm happy you I'm happy you called in then because you're obviously going to try to balance that out a little bit, right? 
Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, because I I remember when you had the advocate for the other side on, and I remember that there were some, if my memory serves me right, there were some very real reasons, solid reasons, why the why the farm's existence was being challenged. And what I kind of am uncomfortable with today is that we got just a one-sided, unbalanced view of the situation. When, when you, when you, excuse that, me, Thomas, when you were listening before, I, I think you were. I there was a um, there was a, 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 a very good, nice person named Bruce. I, I forgot his last name. I had Bruce on with Kevin, I think. Right? Remember that, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, geez, I, my brain has just gone. Anyhow, Bruce was a, was a, a formidable uh, um, person, uh, you know, representing the other side. Thomas, are you referring to that, or did I have Bruce on by himself? I, can, I think I did at one point too. You I mean, know, I can't. I can't really remember. I'm. I, I, I think that you had both sides on, whether it was Kevin and Bruce or. You did have both sides on yes. one one time. That's what we always try to do when we can. And when we can't, when, I, I just thought about this yesterday. I didn't even have a topic for the Saturday special. And when I read the press release about about the uh, suit, uh, the, the, the action being filed against the Coastal Commission, I said, yes. You know, I, I, I admit I'm heavily biased against the Coastal Commission and heavily biased against the people that want to see um, uh, Kevin and uh, and the thirty families uh, displaced. And, and well, I guess I guess what my complaint is is that it was just it was just uh, way too one sided and biased today. And so I okay, good. So that, I'm happy you called, and you're going to have as long as you want to 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 make your peace here, because that's what we're all about here at KSCO. We're about uh, not not suppressing anything. We're encouraging discussion from all points of view and always will be as long as I have anything to do with the station. That, that's what I appreciate about you, Michael. And I, I don't know all the other facts, and I, I, I don't remember them all, but I do remember that there were some valid issues on the other side. That And, 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 I, and, today, my, and today I heard that bias side, only one side, like the other side was absolutely worthless and there was no value in anything that they were saying. And that's what I heard, and that's what I felt uncomfortable about it. And okay. That's what I'm saying. Alrighty. Well, all right. Th- thanks for pointing that out. And if there's anybody else uh, who agrees with you and, and wants to be more specific or feels that they can be more specific, I think the thing that I've heard from the other side, you know, um, against uh, uh, Kevin's per- perspective most frequently is, w- wait a minute, I mean, it's it's a lease, and you knew the lease, you know, was going to expire in, in 2012. And sometimes leases aren't uh, renewed. But what Kevin said earlier in this program is that, you know, based upon information that, that he saw, it sort of it sort of took precedence over that. Am I, did I say it right, Kevin? Yeah. Um, well, I sure do appreciate this caller because you have been great, MZ, in having both sides of this discussion so people get a more balanced view. Obviously, I'm partial, and uh, we have we do have uh, a response to each and every one of their their claims, um, at least the claims that I know about. But so I think that uh, that's well taken. But the the whole 
lease and renewal, and uh, we knew it's the end of a term. That's true. Every every lease has a beginning and an end. They can be renewed or not, but all the ranches, every one of them has been renewed and continues to be renewed around us. Um, so this is just the first time. So we had every reason to think it would be renewed too. Guaranteed? No, we never said it was a guarantee. The problem is it was not renewed for reasons that were wrong. Now they so that that's really what it boils down to. And, sure. Um, so I, I don't yeah, all the fault science and and so forth, uh, and and I, I that has come out now, right? I mean, there's no question that you know any any time uh, I, I've any time I've observed, any time I've tried to make happen a debate between uh, Corey Goodman, the scientist who has who has proven that all of the claims made by um, you know the other side that wants to shut the oyster farm down. We're false. We're, we're false science, and, and and had to do with places, you know, five thousand miles away, not your place, and so forth. And right. and uh, we tried to have them uh, on on the radio here with with their scientists, and they're and they're uh, you know they're scared rabbits, and and quite understandably, because they're not on they're not standing on on any kind of firm ground. Um, Thomas in the summit, I, I know that I'm sounding biased again and fully admitting that I am biased and proud to be biased on the side of goodness instead of biased on the side of evil. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being biased necessarily, especially if one can freely admit that and that their bias may have a valid counter to it. Right. And that's that's what I want. I don't know. I'm not against Kevin by by any means, and I'm not against the other side. I want the truth from both sides so that I can make an intelligent decision, and I didn't feel like I was getting it this morning. I do appreciate Got that it. you brought the other side over at the other time. Okay. And, and Kevin I and I both appreciate that you called to, to bring in some semblance of balance into the program, so thanks. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, Michael. Have a good one. Take care. 479-1080 in Area 831, or if you want to participate via email, you can email mz at ksco.com. All right, so um, two men who were both a little disgusted with uh, um, you know the, the situation here in the United States of America with totally different ways of reacting to and handling that. Bodie Kroll, who's... Uh, uh, gonna at least check out. Where are you checking out, Bodie? Uh, Bodie, you're, you're gonna leave, uh, I think, you know, on the weekend. We, we are about to head down for two weeks to see what we think of Ecuador. Ecuador, of all places. Why'd you choose Ecuador? Of all places. To, to well, even check know, out. Uh, we, we wanted to, well, remember I told you there was a trifecta of reasons why we're going down. Yes. So, First was political, and I could go on for a long time, uh, but, but which we don't have about all the reasons that we feel that politically here we're just that disheartened. Uh, the second reason was environmental. And quite frankly, um, you know, my wife and I have been trying to ignore the whole Fukushima thing, and then about three months ago my wife started really digging and doing some research, 
and came to the conclusion that while it's certainly not definitive that we do have young kids and there's an indefinite risk with all this radioactivity coming our way and not knowing whether the situation is going to de-escalate over the next few years or whether it's going to escalate, and either one could happen, and realizing, you know, we could keep fighting. We looked at each other. We thought we could keep protesting. We could keep calling our Congress people. We could keep emailing and doing all the things we're trying to do to fight and be politically active. But we looked at each other and we said, what are we doing? Are we just fighting for the right to just stay here and be irradiated, you know, and have deformed grandchildren? <laughs> you know, and again, we don't know if it's going to get better or worse. So we just thought, you know what, maybe while this political situation feels like it's deteriorating and the environmental situation may be deteriorating, we looked into it and determined that if you can get below the equator, that the amount of radiation that you're going to get is going to be significantly reduced because of the weather patterns and the ocean current patterns. So we just decided between that and then we looked into it and discovered that we could actually, you know, live for a fraction of the cost down there. Um, you know, and I'm starting a, start a new business that I'm working on that I'll be able to do you know, over the Internet and the phone. I don't know if I'm allowed to plug that. Sure, sure. Well, Whatever you, know, you want to do. Any, any, any uh, real estate agents that have gotten uh, involved in doing short sales uh, and found that at the last minute the bank has just robbed you of your commission, well, it turns out that was illegal. And uh, we basically have a relationship. If you have uh, a short sale that's been done in the last 48 months, and it was done with Chase Bank, Wamu Bank, Homeward, EMC, or SunTrust, if it's with any of those banks, and uh, you can submit your uh, three documents to us, the listing agreement, the final approval letter, and the final HUD-1 from the bank, we can help you actually recover with no money up front. You don't have to give us one single penny. We collect our money out of the back end, but... Uh, if, you got if, if there is a back end, right? Well, they don't they don't pay us unless we we collect money from the bank. We collect exactly. money out of the actual payment we get back from the bank. So right. it's a great model. And uh, yeah, if you contact the station, and um, I'll make sure they have my contact. If you're a realtor, the beauty of that is we're going to be able to continue to work over the internet and the phone from. Well, as they say, if you can work from home, you can work from Rome or Ecuador. So, <laughs> okay. I've heard know, that before, but it's quite true. <laughs> Very much so. So we'll be trying to do that down there, and we're going to enroll in language school and enroll the kids in, in uh, school. Where they, actually, they set them up to be trilingual down there. They'll be speaking English, Spanish, and French. They're going to have three tongues, not just two. Or one. That's it. So, you know, we think it's going to be an exciting adventure. We don't know, you know, like I said, we may be jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Uh, we know no place is perfect. But we also feel that while, you know, the amount of spying that's going on of the U.S. citizenry here, we just we don't feel that they have the wherewithal to, to do that level of spying on you in Ecuador. Although I have learned that probably... We may be of greater interest to the, the NSA. Once you're down there, the spying on us personally by the U.S. government overseas may be enhanced. 
But at the same time, Gee. we're making a statement. We want to get, you know, away. We don't want to be living under, I don't know if your listeners are aware of this, but again, you, this is mainline news. The next, this year, there's almost 10,000 law enforcement spy drones that are going to be launched over the cities of America. And by two years from now, they estimate there'll be 30,000 high-tech, you know, facial recognition able to track 65 people at a time, drones, spying on us. And we just don't think that the Ecuadorian government has the desire or the wherewithal to do that. And we're just looking to have a little breath of fresh, you know, free air. All right. We have uh, uh, this just in regarding NDAA from Georgia, Beer, uh, Georgia, our, our wonderful talk host on Wednesday, who does KSCO Presents. MZ, please tell your guest I did a show on Wednesday with Dan Johnson, who is the founder of Panda, People Against the NDAA. This incredible 20-year-old is leading the fight to protect our freedom, liberty, and safety on on the local level by calling on local cities to pass a resolution that forces the local police to protect its people against the NDAA. I would suggest uh, that they listen to the podcast as well, uh, as the post on my blog on the KSCO Presents Georgia page on KSCO.com. By the way, it's real easy to to, to go back and, and play any uh, KSCO show that you've missed that, that was broadcast within the last seven days. It's an amazing new feature that we have at KSCO.com. In addition to the live video uh, feed that we have right now, I'm looking right into the camera, and people who are watching me might be offended that I forget that I'm on camera and pick my nose from time to time. But uh, or whatever, um, but I don't do anything much worse than that. Uh, and all of this is available at ksco.com. Um, so uh, KSCO presents a Georgia page to learn about this great young man. W- one of the most serious problems we are facing, uh, MZ, I know you rarely listen to my show, but you might want to make an exception here. Georgia, it's nothing personal. I don't. I don't go out of my way to not listen to your show. I just don't have time to do anything, including listen to my own show that I'm doing right now. I'm not even here. I'm I'm just trying juggling a juggling a constant juggling act to keep the station going, you know, and whatever it takes to do that, making making deals, doing the uh, help. It's nothing personal, but I will try to. Uh, Pull up your podcast. And thanks for sending an email to mz at ksco.com, as anyone can do. Uh, here is our next caller, John in Carmel by the Sea. Welcome to the KSCO well, Saturday Special. And you're with Kevin and Bodie and me. Well, Michael, as always, it's a great program. Uh, just a little advice to this gentleman who wants to leave the country. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Culturally, it's great. I lived in Ecuador. I flew for Ecuadoriana. But if you think that you're going to be escaping uh, taxes and other things, you're not going to be. The minute you operate a business in that country, whether it's on your computer or whatever, you owe taxes to them. The next thing is, is if you think you're hiding and you're going to be using a computer, forget it. You're done. You know, if you use a cell phone... Without, if you use a landline, it's hard. But a cell phone and a computer, they're going to track you. But the Ecuadorians are beautiful. Uh, uh, it's a wonderful place to live. I lived in Quito. I think another place that you might want to look at is Costa Rica. Uh, they're a little bit more freer, their government. Um, they're 
they don't have a military, which mostly Ecuador police department is run by their military. So, but I think it's a good experience, especially for your kids. I don't know how old they are, but the Ecuadorians are wonderful and it's very beautiful there. It's close to Colombia and it's close to the uh, Pacific coast. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I'm definitely not planning or hoping or thinking I would in any way be able to get out of taxes. My money's going to be made and deposited into an American bank account. I'll be filing U.S. taxes. I've no, uh, although I will say this, there's an awful lot of taxes are paid after you pay taxes. Every time you spend money, you're paying more taxes. So at least I'm well, denying I'm them talking, the taxes. I'm not talking that. about American taxes. I'm talking about Ecuadorian taxes. The minute that you operate a business down there, you're, you, you know, the American taxes, you can do with what you want with that. But the Ecuadorian taxes, uh, you will be subject to taxation. Well, like, like I said, you know, I'm not, uh, my, uh, being taxed is uh, the last thing on my mind. I've been taxed since I started working. I've grown accustomed to it. It's not an issue for me. It's not a motivator. Um, and as far as, like I said, I am aware that, in fact, the potential for being singled out for being spied on by the American government once I move overseas may actually be enhanced. Uh, but the reality of it is I don't have anything to hide. I'm not an international terrorist or a drug dealer, so it's not that I have anything to hide. It's that I object on principle, and I recognize I may be subjected to more of it over there. You're, you're sort of like a conscientious objector, huh? It's kind of more like a conscientious objector. I'm sick of all the warring. I'm making a statement. I don't want to be part of it. I hope well, I can stick it out because I do want to make a statement. I don't want to be part of this drone wars and, you know, all the... Here, here again, I think you better look at another thing. The minute that you go down to Ecuador, you have no rights. Your rights are gone. The minute you deposit money in the bank in Ecuador, it's subject to not being taken out of the country again. So I think I would look at this very, very seriously. There are other countries that, that you can go to that you won't be subject to this. But again, remember, the rights that you have, the constitutional rights that you have, are very special in America. John, I know you're so a pilot. Are, are you a retired pilot? I forgot. Or are you still flying? The the FAA has determined that I'm too old to work. I see. So it's okay. the federal government. So so when you were a, a, a pilot, uh, working for the airlines, um, you you got to check out a lot of different countries, I guess, huh? Yes. All right. I and, flew my first 13 years of my career, and I still go back to these countries, uh, all over South America and the Caribbean. The Caribbean is a tax-free haven, also pretty much so free of any electronic stuff because they don't have the money to set up electronics. Ah, okay. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, uh. Just, just real quick, I just want to mention, you know, as far as constitutional rights, you know, that's the reason that we feel we're trying to make this statement, because we feel those are being eroded in a big way, and I could give you example after example, uh, you know, this whole thing. Let me give you one, the draft. Let me give you one, the draft. Let me give you another one that I've been hammering on. Uh, the sexist thing of men between 18 and I think it's 30 have to sign up for selective service. And that's all men in the United States, not Americans. Yeah, one more thing. All men. Did you repeat that? All men what now? All men have to sign up 
for selective service between the ages of 18 and not sure if it's 30. All men, whether you're going to school here, whether you're here illegally, but that's what the law says. And take a look at it. And I do not understand why the police departments don't enforce that law. And it also states that if you do not do it, that you will not be able to get any um, tuition benefits or, or any social benefits. And there again, that law is out there, but the police departments have choose not to use it, nor has the federal government. All right, John. Look thank you. Thank you for your call to the Saturday special. Always, always a great, great Michael. Always and a great call. Okay. Thanks. Fantastic. Bye-bye. Thanks. There goes John. Um, this email just in uh, <clears throat> regarding Drake's Bay Oyster Farm. Um, let me expose my bias. I am for the oyster farm. The reasons the anti-farm folks had, as I recall, were one: seagrass uh, sea being cut by propeller. Plastic in the ocean, oyster bags, disturbance to wildlife. Remember, I am for the oyster farm. Just pointing out what I heard, and that's from Matt in Ben Lomond. Kevin, any comment? Yeah, sure. Those those were the allegations. Um, and the truth is uh, there are minor propeller cuts. That's true. Uh, the National Academy of Sciences in their study of that issue specifically that it's uh, pretty much immaterial. It's like uh, trimming the top of your grass because it grows right back, and there's no ecosystem effect. There's no um, population of any species that are going to be damaged. Is there an effect? Yeah, it does. It does clip the top of the eelgrass. The uh, allegation that we're losing marine debris is wrong. We actually have a zero-loss policy, and we're quite the opposite. We spend lots and lots of time every month cleaning all marine debris from all the beaches and not just mariculture. And, and by the way, it's a, it's a great time, I, I assume, to to remind people that anybody who wants to visit the oyster farm is, is presumably still encouraged to do so, yes? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but but the, the, the emailer is absolutely correct. Those are some of the allegations, but... Uh, we we want your listeners to know that those have been okay. reviewed by experts and uh, they aren't really and, and and the disturbance to wildlife has been squarely squarely. Um, Great, Kevin. Thank you very much for being with us, Bodie. Thank you for being with us. We're in the last 15 seconds of the program here of the first hour here. Continued success to both of you, and we will uh, stay in touch. This is KSCO Santa Cruz Salinas Monterey San Jose. It's coming up on 11 a.m. Here's CBS News. CBS News. I'm Pam Coulter. It's a busy weekend for New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. He attended Howard Stern's birthday party last night, and tomorrow he hosts the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium. But the events are overshadowed by the political controversy surrounding the governor. A Port Authority manager claims Christie knew about those crippling lane closures at the George Washington Bridge. CBS's Mike Doherty. Former Port Authority manager David Wildstein claims to have evidence Chris Christie knew about the lane closures, despite the governor's public statements saying otherwise. We have no idea what his evidence is. Ryder University political science professor Ben Dworkin says there is about to be a lot of over-analysis into what the governor meant when he said he didn't know about it. Are we talking about the alleged cover-up, or was he saying... I never knew about the lane closures. He says the longer this goes on, the bigger impact it will have on the governor's presidential aspirations. 
Mike Daugherty, CBS News, Philadelphia. For the first time, the Super Bowl is not being played in a warm location or a dome stadium. But CBS's Tara Brown says there won't be the kind of chill that had been expected. Looking like 40s right around kickoff time. And of course, with the headlines being the weather for the last few weeks around the Super Bowl, uh, not being in the single digits and teens is a very, very good thing. Hundreds of flights have been canceled at Chicago's O'Hare Airport thanks to snow from a storm that's heading to Canada from the south. National Weather Service meteorologist Kevin Burke. We did get some periods of heavier snow, so it did come down rapidly and it uh, reduced the visibilities quite uh, dramatically, and I think that's what really uh, caused the situations in and out of O'Hare. There were a lot of red faces after the ice and snowstorm that paralyzed parts of Georgia. Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed says he'll ask lawmakers for more money for de-icing equipment, and he plans to hire an emergency management officer. Not just for snow events, but for any kind of emergency event. The U.S. and Russia are locking horns over Ukraine at a security conference in Munich. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov accused the West of trying to impose its will on Ukraine. Russia wants it to be Ukraine's primary economic link, not the EU. But in a clear rap at Lavrov, Secretary of State John Kerry said the Ukrainian people will make that decision, not Moscow. Their futures do not have to lie with one country alone and certainly not coerced. And then Kerry made this commitment. The United States and the EU stand with the people of Ukraine in that fight. Larry Miller, CBS News, London. Rescuers are trying to clear paths on the Indonesian island of Sumatra to search for victims of the continuing eruption of a volcano there. Officials say at least 14 people have been killed. This is CBS News. Next Thursday, be part of the one event that unites the world. The Olympic Winter Games are coming to NBC. Follow the stories of sacrifice. This is for the goal. Can he do it? Yeah. Experience history in the making. Unbelievable. the old record. See the world's best. She's done it, and he's got another gold medal. And see the world at its best. The Sochi Olympic Winter Games begin next Thursday at 8, 7 central, only on NBC. It's me, your bathroom medicine cabinet. I see you naked, know how often you floss, and watch you pluck unsightly hairs. I can keep a secret, but you need to know. Your kids have been taking your prescriptions to get high. I couldn't keep it quiet, because prescription drug abuse now causes more deaths than cocaine and heroin ODs combined. So please, mind your meds. For tips on safeguarding your meds and your family, visit the partnership at drugfree.org. Good afternoon. You have it tuned in to KSCOAM 1080 and sister station KOMY 1340, serving Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, and Watsonville. Currently 55 degrees at your local KSCOAM 1080 station. This is your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather. Taking a look at your roadways in and around Santa Cruz. No traffic delay seems to be in play as far as in Santa Cruz area. However, a on one southbound near Freedom Boulevard exit, there is a partial shovel in the fast lane. You might want to veer over to the right lane to avoid this. Units are on route to remove the debris out of the roadway. 
Otherwise, all is traveling up into the limit on Highway 1 northbound. Highway 17 south or northbound in the clear as well. However, southbound, it is closed near Glen Canyon. Looks like the off-ramp is closed. Construction is taking place with both road work and electrical uh, renovations. Lane is closed. Use the fast lane as the right-hand side is closed. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today. Continuing with highs in the lower 60s through the afternoon. Plenty of sunshine. North winds around 5 miles per hour right now will be drifting west in the afternoon. Currently, your northern Monterey Bay coastal water forecast for today. North winds are at 15 to 25 knots, becoming northwest 15 to 25 knots in the afternoon. Wind waves 3 to 6 feet now. Northwest swells 7 to 9 feet at 9 seconds. Six minutes past 11 a.m. Stay tuned for hour number two of the Saturday special. Next at KSCO and KOMY. Saturday special is brought to you by the California Grill in Freedom and Los Animas Concrete. And now with hour number two of the Saturday special, here is MZ. Do you like the California Grill? Be honest. Well, I've never been there. Oh, well, are you going to try it sometime? I will. And by the way, I think we got a caller on line. We, we do. We do. We do. Ha- we, and this is, I, I, I meant to promo this on the last hour, but most of the most of the listeners, you know, tune into the second hour anyhow. So there's just a natural increase, and it's very, very, it's very good because um, our uh, our guest for at least part of the second hour, if not if not all of it, if we can twist his arm to do to stay for the whole hour is the most powerful, no, excuse me, I, I have to be correct, not the most powerful man in radio, although I think he is, but the most influential man in radio. And that is a fact. Yeah, and he's going to be on with us. But we can't, it, it, nothing can happen until we officially start our number two. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but... Sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to call back. KSCO has the inside track. All right, that was sort of a interesting first hour here. Um, and uh, I think the second hour promises to be as or more interesting so stay tuned i'm sorry baby but i really gotta go to ksco And that, my friends, is the fanfare or the guest 
that we will bring on right now, none other than Michael Harrison himself. Michael, the owner, publisher of Talkers Magazine, Radio-Info, and um, a very, very influential person in my life and in the lives of virtually everybody in talk radio. Michael, how are you today? I'm great, MZ. What a great introduction. I love all the fanfare. I can't believe it. it sounds like a radio station. It's amazing. <laughs> there, there, there really is one left. There's at least one left, right? You, you've got some thoughts about that. My God, hasn't the industry changed dramatically just in, in, in oh, a very short period of time, wouldn't you say? Well, it, it feels like a short period. It's actually been a slow slide into radio stations not telling you what they're doing. That's why I'm saying the fanfare is great. Stations don't even tell you on the music side what songs they play anymore. <laughs> it's just, you know, disjointed stuff. But now, congratulations to you and the people at KSCO. Uh, what an exciting radio station. And you know what's great about your station? It's good whether it's good or not good. Yeah. It's organic. It's creative. It's alive. It's got a goodness about it that supersedes the uh, any element that's on it at any moment. Uh, it's it's greater than the sum of its parts, and and that is what I consider to be the magic of radio, a uh, a show, uh, a sh- the difference between a show and a utilitarian stream of information is a show is a stream of information, an input that is greater than the sum of its parts, and that's what your station is. Well, you're very kind to say that. Thank you. And a lot of stations used to be that way. Right? I mean, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, I mean, radio stations were pillars of the community, and, and they had, you know, local talent talking about local issues. You know, even music stations, they, the DJs would talk about local issues. Now everything is oh, voice yeah, tracked, huh? Yeah. Well, music, music stations were uh, cultural stations. I mean, talk radio was, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, talk radio was a sideshow. It was uh, either public affairs programs that were done for commitment to the SEC for your license, or there were a handful of guys around the country who were really interesting conversationalists, and they had shows that would, they would be on music stations at offbeat hours. And uh, it was amazing to hear how they would handle the calls and how they knew so many things and how they had interesting takes on stuff. But the average radio station was a combination of news, uh, personality, music, and various entertainment features. And uh, they were, yes, pillars of the community. I used to describe them as cathedrals, that a radio station was, was almost sacred ground because I was a radio kid. I was a radio freak. And, uh, you know, you would even, even as the years went by, you would uh, go visit a station and say, oh, my gosh, this is where, you know, Arthur Godfrey stood or a local person that was a big person in that market. We were very, very... Uh, respectful of our traditions and our heritage. And the stations were uh, not only vital places, uh, beacons of this information to the community, but they were also museums that were uh, cathedrals and uh, curation of the... Really? I didn't know that. Sure. Well, your radio station, I visited you um, in the past year. Uh, oh, yeah, our station that. is like that, for sure. You know, you, But I didn't well, think I, there I were... Many that oh, were. You have no idea. Of course you know that. You're, you're humoring me. Uh, I have to remember your sense of humor. But <laughs> you, you have a studio. You have a studio at KSCO that I told you could be a tourist attraction. They, 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 in Santa Cruz, the tour buses could stop at your station and visit your main studio because it is an Art Deco 
original recreate not a recreation a preservation of the way radio studios were during the glory days of radio and it's right there in santa cruz in your little humble building on the side of the road um i, I that's the way i see it and the side of the lagoon which amplifies our signal five times <laughs> right yeah and, great thing going there yeah no it's it's cool and and you know we have the the best of of old technology you know, vintage technology and the best of new technology. Michael, are, are, I know we're talking to you on your cell phone now, it, and I assume that you have a smartphone, but maybe you don't. What you, you have a you have a smartphone, yeah? I'm, I'm talking to you on a. It's not the smartest phone, but it's pretty smart. It's a B plus student. I'm getting all kinds of crackle. Is that on my phone or on your end? Uh, I, you sound great on our end here. You know, you sound great, and I guess I don't sound good, you know, to you. But uh, you, sound, you sound good. As long as I sound good, it doesn't matter how you sound. Okay, good. Uh, to, to me. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> well, the reason I'm asking what kind of a phone you have is, is, is it, I have an iPhone, and it's possible with an iPhone uh, with a GSM, you know, platform that, that you can, you can be talking on, on the cell phone to a call, you know, you can be doing a call. And you can also be surfing the internet at the same time. Now, I don't know that all phones can do that. And I'm, I'm well, hoping I that yours can. Yeah. No, I have an iPhone. I'm talking to you on a, on a regular standard issue iPhone. However, I couldn't do it even if my iPhone could because I'm one of those people who only use my technology to do the basic things that I need to do. Oh, okay. Any, any extra bell or whistle is a distraction to me. Gotcha. All right, well, because I, we haven't talked about this too much, we started this on December 31st in the year of our Lord, 2013, which was just last New Year's Eve, you know, four weeks ago. And what I'm talking about is we became a television station then, okay, with the maiden voyage of our surf show on Off the Lip Radio, you know, which is, which is uh, it's garnered you know, attention from all over the world because, you know, Santa Cruz is considered the surfing capital of the world and, you know, any kind of a radio show, that a talk radio show that originates from the surfing capital of the world <clears throat> must be a pretty good radio show for, you know, people who are interested in surfing. And so, uh, let's see, uh, DirecTV and the surfing channel within DirecTV got particularly interested in that and they said hey you guys ought to add a video component and so the man who produces that program a man named neil pearlberg a great uh um you know um advocate community advocate surfing advocate everything he he said to me you know mz this is a neat idea don't you think i said yeah we've been planning on on adding video for some time now and this is just the impetus to to finally get it done so that's what we're doing I'm looking straight into a camera now, and this is just a little tiny webcam, but it's a 1080p. It's very, very high uh, resolution. And I watched our KSCO Presents uh, yesterday uh, that was originating here from the station, the same chair I'm sitting in. But I was at KSCO North in San Francisco, and I was watching on my iPhone, and I was also watching on my uh, large you know, uh, um, desktop computer. And wow. it, it was, Dave Michaels was, was turning around and looking, it was like he was looking right at me, like I'm looking right at the camera right now. And I don't wow, think there's don't any limit to the number of people, if you, if you, if you tune in to KSCO.com, 
you, you will see a, a little square of me broadcasting, and the, the, the sound is absolutely perfect, and the video is absolutely perfect. And if you click the corner of the little square, it'll take over your whole screen. And it's absolutely well, I wonderful. My iPad. I'm not, I, I don't know how I would do this on my iPhone because I have the iPhone in my ear and my ear can't see. Well, you just so put it. No, no, you put it on speakerphone. You put it on speakerphone. Well, if, I were talk, if I were talking on the speakerphone, it would be rude. It would sound horrible. But I'm on. Okay, I'm on KFCO. Look at that wonderful new logo you got. That's beautiful. That's your old logo. Is that your new logo or your old? No, logo? that's the old logo. The, the, the <laughs> We haven't we haven't uh, got the new logo into the into the system yet, but but are, are you seeing are, are you seeing the little thing that says you know click here for live video? No, no. Wait a second. Wait just a second. just scroll down a little bit. It's a little to the left on kseo.com. Okay, so I don't have to go to listen live. No, no, no. You want to view live. You want to see live. live you don't want kseo live stream. It's a second box from the top on the boxes. Do I press it? Do I click it? Well, you should see a little square, a little video square, if you if you scroll. The problem is I'm on a, I'm on an iPad. Yeah, just click it, and then it should then it should it'll, it'll start twirling a little bit, and then then my likeness should should pop on. And by the way, anybody else who's listening can be doing this too. Um, you might regret if you want to see what I look like. You might regret it, but just I've, you've been warned. You've been warned. It's fair well, warning. You are on the upper. You're on the upper right side of the page. Or you were somewhere on the page. The page is jumping around, sitting next to Alex. Oh, there you are. You're next to Dr. Corey Gold, Alex Jones, and Dr. Joel Wallach and 12 Amino. No, 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 no. no, no. This I'm just, I'm, I, I, here's the problem. I, I'm, I'm looking at it on an iPad. And Are I you at KSCO.com? Not KSCO team, not KSCO health, but KSCO.com. No, no, no. I know that. Listen to me. Listen to me. I, I understand that. I was just making a joke. I, I know the spot where I'm supposed to be. It's not coming up on my iPad. It's just blank. It says KSCO live stream, but there's nothing in it. And that's one of the things I hate about technology. Maybe I don't have something I'm supposed to have in here, like, uh, you know, Flash or, or, or well, you know, you know, not not equipped for Flash, you know, or or the other thing that uh, Apple products have. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring it up on my iPhone, and maybe the, maybe the damn thing is turned off, in which case I have, I have egg on my face. Yeah, okay, listen live, and then KSCO live stream. Okay, there we are, KSCO live stream. Okay, there I am. It's perfect. Yeah, I can see me. Well, I'm gonna, now what I'm going to do... And, and now here's, here, here's what you're hearing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring it up on my iPhone, and maybe the, maybe the damn thing is turned off, in which case I have, I have egg on my face. Yeah, okay. Listen live and then the KSCO live stream. Okay, there we are. So anyhow, there, there, what is it, a 20, 20, 20 second delay? Yeah, I can see me. Okay, good. So it works perfectly, and I don't know why your iPad isn't working, Michael. But now I'm now I'm on my PC. Let's you know, let's follow up on this. So let's see what we can do here. I'm on my PC. I'm going to go to www.ksco.com. I'm pressing the button, and now let's see if I can see it on my PC. I have a feeling I'll be. I, I really now I have to see you. Uh, do, 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 do. KSCO Radio. Where the heck is this? I wound up on Google. Oh, there you are. 
Wow, look at that crazy naked guy on the right. Uh, all right. Live stream. Here we go. I can see it on the PC. There okay. you are. You're waving to me. I, I am waving to you. And I hear myself. Listen to me in the background on Ustream. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Wow, look at that crazy naked guy on the right. Uh, all right. Just set up to the upper right. All right, so I'm going to... You're wearing a yellow hat. That's exactly right. All right, I'm turning it off because I hear myself backwards and the listeners who are listening to this on a regular normal radio in a car or on the beach... And they're getting mad and they're going to tune out. Am I, am I old school? The people listening on the beach on their transistors are probably confused. And, and let me tell you one thing that you know, but I have to remind you. The most important thing is that we create a pleasant listening experience for the listener. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't want the listener to feel like they're second-class citizens because they're not viewers. Huh? That's right. They're not viewers. They don't know which is the real time. See, this is one of the maddening things about Internet radio. Everybody hears it at a different time. It's no two Internet things happen at the same time. We have a thing called Talkers Radio where we're trying to um, – broadcast, you know, kind of experimental shows on this online radio station at talkers.com. Yeah. And the hardest the hardest thing we have is since everybody's at a different place tuned in on the internet from their different radio their different um, computers, nobody knows when the other show has ended and, and when the when the new show goes on. Oh, so I see. Yeah. We have these we have these crashing boxcars between shows. So what we've done is we've sort of C-spanned it. Make, 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 we're making it sound like public radio and it ends and then we go you're listening to talkers radio the next program will begin shortly please stand by <laughs> and that's great yeah yeah so uh well that's kind of cool i have a lot of feelings about um video uh, uh cameras in radio stations now in the case of this show it's kind of fun and, and your station is fun but sometimes it can take away from the theater of the mind Right. Audio aspect of media. And I hope that we don't lose in this age of convergence the specialness of audio only media. Because audio only media affects the brain in a very different way than video media does. And um, it's a very important part of our communication as a human species that I hope we don't lose All right. as everything becomes messed there, up. There are, there, are, there are a number of people here at KSCO. <clears throat> Uh, I can think of two of them right off the bat. Rosemary, whom you know, and sure. I don't know whether you met Susan Simon. I okay, Susan Simon is our uh, news news lady, uh, and neither of them neither of them are comfortable uh, having um, NSA spy cameras. You know, they think looking at them, and so I told them, "Look, we are moving in that direction." in the big talk studio that you described that should be a tourist thing, a t tourist attraction. So, you know, if, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be, if you want to opt out, then we have three or four other studios in the radio station where you can operate from that won't be videoized. And by the way, just because, you know, we're not doing anything that hasn't, that Rush hasn't done and lots of radio stations have done for years. Just you stick a little webcam on. That's all we're doing right now, and it's sort of fun that we're, that we're streaming it through our, our, our website. We plan on doing way, 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 way more than that. We plan on having a world-class studio on the, on the order of what Alex Jones has. 
Um, his studio in uh, in the command center in in Austin uh, makes CNN puts CNN to shame. I mean, it is just absolutely fantastic. And we're build we're in the process of building that right now. So we're not just going to have the cameras on for hosts. Um, you know, for, so people can watch the hosts and see what they look like and what they're doing. We're, we're going to have a, a video studio that when certain people like pharmacist Ben Fuchs are here, when Doc Wallach is here, we'll be able to produce world-class, high-definition video, uh, you know, content, uh, for inclusion in other people's, um, uh, blogs and, and websites and, and, and new media that's yet to even be invented, you know, sites and so forth. By the way, if you want to call and participate, m- m- ask Michael Harrison a question or make a comment, the phone number to call is 831-479-1080. The email address is mz at kfco.com. If you want to see me, you can't see Michael, but you can see me. Uh, brace yourselves. Not a pretty sight, but you've been warned. And I said it's full disclosure ksco.com and I'm right there you, you might, you'll, you'll have to position your your mouse over the, the 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 black square and click it and then after about you know what is it 10 or 15 seconds Michael it'll come live and it's uh, you, you'll see hear the video and see the audio you know what I'm trying to say here we have a we have a caller we do have a caller I'm so excited we you have a caller participating in this are we really on the air we are yeah Ethan you're on the air very exciting uh, MZ, Michael yeah. Harrison, good morning and good afternoon. This voice sounds Hello, familiar. Gentlemen. It's Ethan, this, this is, e- Ethan it, Berman. It, oh, uh, Ethan, how are you? Gentlemen, I am doing very well on this beautiful Saturday here on the central coast of California. Uh, sorry, Mr. Harrison, that it is. Uh, we have superior weather. I'm going to tell you that. Um, well, you know, I can dream. <laughs> It's important to dream. Well, you can always fly out and visit as well. I, I saw Holland Cook was busy in Minneapolis, so he's worse off than you are at this point. Um, here's the question I have for you, Mr. Mr. Harrison. So a station like a KSCO, right, I mean, has, has a limited terrestrial reach with a transmitter. So do you, do you see that uh, this type of a video transmission? Now, I understand, don't get me wrong, I mean, theater of the mind is, is, is what radio is all about. But if video is able to grab an additional audience, isn't that a good thing for KSEO to approach and attempt? Sure. I'm not knocking it. I'm just simply saying uh, that uh, I hope that uh, our preoccupation with video doesn't kill audio. I don't want people to think that, that that video audio is a natural progression toward a superior medium than just audio, just like I hope people continue to write. Like so, suddenly people said, why do we have to have books? Now you can hear the author talk to you. Well, there's something about the written word that also penetrates a different part of the psyche. We need to have all of these different colors in our palate, these different tastes on our tongue, these different notes on our piano key, so that uh, we can be as nuanced as possible as well as direct. So I'm, I, I think video is wonderful. I do, as an advisor to people in this business, say be very careful that you don't progress from being an excellent radio station to being a lousy TV station. Because when you start getting into the world of video and you start getting into the world of the visual medium, 
You're not competing with the big boys at Universal, and you're competing with Warner Brothers, and you're competing with Paramount Pictures, and you're competing with multi-multi-multi-million-dollar budgets and guys that are whizzes on computer technology. And uh, so, so it's easy to delude yourself into thinking that your home movies are suddenly this great art. That being said, properly used, it can be a wonderful enhancement to bring out more dimensions to what you basically are, and that is a radio outlet. Well, I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. And we, I don't know if, if all the other listeners have uh, seen this, but you, you can go to other radio stations that have done a very poor job of implementing right. video, and you'll see exactly what Mr. Harrison is talking about, where uh, I didn't want to see that guy. You know, <laughs> it's broadcasting. He doesn't know how to talk on camera, and it actually de detracts from radio. But I think that um, uh, Mr. Zwirling and some of the people that he's employing are able to uh, maybe, to your point, Mr. Harrison, which is add this yeah. dimension in a way that doesn't detract from the radio. I know, I know that I, I'm always I think, Ethan, I think, the emer I think the emergence of video uh, has hurt the music industry to a certain degree in terms of the only um, people that can now get big exposure uh, in the commercial music world are those that have more of a visual uh, appearance and a production value than the great heady singer-songwriters, the cerebral artists, the, the real musical people, older people. Um, there, there is a case to be made for the ugly. I mean, you know, if, if, we, if we cut the ugly out of the equation, we're going to lose a lot of the intelligence. And um, and I don't mean that as a joke. Uh, it, it when you there's something about video and visual. There's something about being on television and being on radio. And I do them both. Television is incredibly shallower than um, audio. And um, but I'm not knocking it. I, I I don't want to rain on the parade. I think it's wonderful. But I'm here to offer insights and different angles and maybe a bigger picture. And I think that uh, we should uh, look at the big picture. I hope you guys don't mind that I'm saying this. Oh, I, I'm 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 horrified. I'm shocked and horrified. <laughs> what is these? Oh, that's CBS News. We don't want that. But um, so let's see here. This just in, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from from Matt and Ben Loman, an email. It says KSEO sat special current guest. KSEO is at the burning point in quotes of radio. Let me explain. You are a thing. You take on a new task direction. Now you are becoming something else. At that moment, you undertake the journey. You are at the burning point of life. Everything behind you, past, is ashes. Richard N. Watsonville will trip on that. And that's from Matt and Ben Lohman. And, oh, what a perfect segue to our next caller, who is indeed um, Richard N. Watsonville. Richard, you're on the air on KSCO. Could you read that letter again? Uh, KSCO is at the burning point of radio. Let me explain. You are a thing. You take on a new task, a direction. You are, now you are becoming something else. At okay, that moment, you undertake the journey. You are at the burning point of life. Everything behind you, past, in parentheses, is ashes. Well, basically what he's saying there is that he's not ready for uh, to see the thing show you what the thing is doing to you. If the things, uh, the radio station's an it or a thing or something, it's going to start uh, getting bigger to the point where it'll, you'll actually be able to see on your computers what it is doing, right? 
can already do that right now with me. Right, right. But I'm talking about Harrison. Look, look at Harrison's back there, and we can't see him. Well, now, when, when, when he we have the up, technology. If he, you know, it's could you very, put up very. A picture? Oh, we I see what put you're up saying. A picture, Michael. Yeah, no, no, we, we're, we, we don't have the, our act together to that degree. No, wait, yet. wait, wait, wait. Do we want all the people out here in Radio Land to send in a picture? Yes, we do. And then you pop up the picture of who you're talking to. Are we also going to have a person walking around in the studio with a camera over their shoulder? Yes, so we, we can will. Get real, get real detailed. Yes. Oh, that's going to make the scope people real happy, huh? Yes. So they can see everything. Yes. Well, then what's wrong with that? Nothing. You see anything wrong with that, Michael? Harrison? Uh, me? Do I see anything wrong with it? Right. I see potentials. I see potential problems with it. And I see potential benefits. I I see both the pro and the con. Uh, I, mean, I the see. Person calls in, and you can actually see their face. I mean, wouldn't, um, wouldn't we? Do you think we'd be able to see you if you called in at a, on that scope uh, thing on the TV? What's it right. like? Skype. If you if you were yeah. to call in on Skype, then could you see Harrison Michael? Yeah. What did you say? It's called. Yeah. It's called well, right. the, the point is, uh, the point is, the point is, yeah, you'd have more information to work with. Right. But you, but but the information could get in the way of of certain information that is trying to be um, projected to you uh, through the use of media. Uh, it's like reality shows. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a reality show. Reality yeah. shows. The most successful reality shows are pre-staged because they found about, that reality how about doesn't Howard convey. Stern show, Michael, how about what? Howard Stern's show when he was on the E Channel? Why can't we do that? You know, well, look, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know what your I don't know what your argument is. I don't know what his well, argument when, is. When Imus was on MSNBC in the morning, he was doing it on TV. And on WFAN at the same time. What up, Richard? What I'm saying is that we're not simply going to have a, a web camera, at, you know, focused no, on the on the host. Have a real radio, a real TV right. Then, There's yeah. going to be production value, and that's what we want to do. Hey, thanks for calling. We got to get to Craig in Hawaii. Craig, welcome to the Saturday special. You're on with Michael Harrison and MZ. Hello, Mr. Harrison and Mr. Zwirling. Hi, and Craig. What in a Hawaii. pleasure to speak with you both. And, uh, MZ, I've been listening for a very long time. I think it was, uh, just about 9-11, uh, 2001. Wow. Just, just beginning to dabble listening to your station before that event, and then after that I locked in. Um, I, and Richard in Watsonville mentioned something very interesting. Um, I have to, if there were a pop-up illustration of the callers, I would just dig that. But the reason I was calling was, um, I see you there, MZ, and I, I want to speak in real time with you. Okay. And I know that the theater of the mind is where it's at because I've been enjoying radio for so long. I sit here and work, and I listen to to you and everyone else there at the station, and I love it. Um, so I don't want to destroy the theater of the mind, but, boy, would I like to see a little pop-up caricature excuse me, of Richard in Watsonville or a photo or you know, when someone calls in, bang, a button's pushed, and there they are. Uh, I understand Richard's point. Um, and pr but preservation of the theater of the mind, I think, is very important. Yeah, and, and so and we, we, we're definitely on the same page with Michael. Uh, it, it, you could lose that pretty easily. 
And the preservation of the theater of the mind will not be lost when it comes to Rosemary Chalmers and Susan Simon. <laughs> Michael, do you understand why we do that? That's Susan Simon's trade. Susan, Susan Simon has a trademark. She does the news and she says for KSCO News, this is Susan Simon. And people, oh, pe- people get I'm so relieved. upset. I'm so, re- I'm so relieved that you were not forgetting her name over and over again. I'm saying to myself, this poor woman. <laughs> it's true. Know, remember her name. I really fell for it, and yeah. I was being polite. Yeah, no, no. Like, what I happens? Almost, I almost what ha- jumped in and said Simon. I almost, I almost put it in your mouth, and I'm so glad I didn't. That is no, hilarious. it's because we support her. We support her and her shtick. That's her that trademark. Her sort of like Paul Harvey used to say. Um, uh, Paul Harvey. Good day. Good day. Right. Yeah. That's her shtick. And people, for, for years, people have been sending me emails complaining. I can't stand it when you have, why do you have that Susan Simon on? Why, why can't you tell her to say Susan Simon without the long pause? It makes me crazy. How long is the pause? And, why don't you sell a commercial spot in the, between her names? <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, That's a wonderful idea. For, yeah, what, I, can you imagine uh, what a great place that would be for a local sponsor to be right in the middle of Susan Simon's name? <laughs> I see, see. I got to talk with you more and more because I get so many great ideas from you. That's a wonderful idea. What 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 happens here is that people will not so much lately, but for that for the longest time. People were sending me complaints in the email. They were just really upset about that. And I said, I would respond, and instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry, I will force Susan Simon to say her name without the pause, I would say, don't you have anything more important to do with your life than, than bitch about minutia? <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is it shows that what she does works because it draws attention. Exactly. People to action. Exactly. Isn't that funny? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so what we want to do, we every local host we have on this station, we want to be something special. We want to be a character. And if we have some local hosts without any personality or m- without much personality, and you know who you are, well, then maybe we, should, we, maybe we should give them some personality pie to chew on. <laughs> well, I think that that's what radio is about. It's about personality. It's about distinct characters. I mean, that's what it's always been. Craig, 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 we love you that you call, and you're a great caller. I want you to stay as long as you want. But I am so upset that you're the only caller. And and we know that there are thousands of people listening. Where the hell are the rest of the callers? Where are they? 479-1080. Did I not give the phone number out enough? That's what Glenn Fisher, our high-priced consultant, I mean Glenn, our high-priced consultant would say. I don't give the phone number out when enough. Andy, your station p- puts me into fits of uh, sometimes even rage. And, and on the other hand, I am busting a gut. I, there's so much humor. I love the variety of, of callers. I love the way you run it. I, I just love everything about it. And do you notice that even personality minus uh, hosts sort of grow into it? They, they develop a sense of humor. Absolutely. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes, I have, and they have to roll with the punches around yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and some of our hosts have, if if they get kicked upstairs, and we feel wonderful for them, as long as they don't 
as long as they don't get so big-headed that they don't that they forget their friends when they were nobodies still. Well, they, like, like the, K- the personalities like, for the, for the most part, I think are all there. I get the flavor of each of them. I don't necessarily listen to everybody, um, and I don't listen to everybody all the time. But I, it's, there's always a smorgasbord of of good info and entertainment there, and I constantly recommend your station to people all over. Uh, oh, bless you, Craig in Kauai. Here's Billy Sunshine we're going to add to the mix. <laughs> Billy, you're on the air on okay. KSEO with, with Craig in Kauai, Michael wow. Harrison in, in, uh, in, uh, in um, Massachusetts, and MZ in Santa Cruz, not far from you. Mr. Craig is calling from oh. my favorite place on earth. Uh, Hanalei Bay is the oh. most beautiful spot on earth. Do you have anything to say to or yeah. about the most powerful man in radio? I I do, I do. Um, you know, MZ, you've got a great physical plant there, and it's true that you could probably do uh, uh, more with it. Among those things are when I first started out and uh, got interested in talk radio in Philadelphia, there was, they used to do this talk radio program in, in front of a crowd. It was, it was like a coffee shop, and they'd yeah. serve coffee and desserts, and we would actually watch them do the talk radio. And you have the kind of physical plant where you could do that, and I think it would be hugely popular. Okay, let's do it. I'm Start. serious. We've been doing it. We, we've been inviting people to come and, and and visit with Kay. I mean, and and pick up a book, pick up a, a, a you know a, a canvas made in America with a giant KSCO retro logo uh, canvas bag for years, and a few people come in, but nothing like you would think. I mean, it's a cent- aren't we doing that? Maybe we're not couching it that way. Maybe we're not saying, come way. and be the studio audience. Is that what you're saying? Has Michael Harrison heard of Frank Ford? This is a name from 50 years ago. That's how long ago we're talking about here. Michael. Is Michael Harrison there? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. I, I just went out for yeah. a pizza. Oh. oh, okay. Frank Ford. You, does that name ring a bell? Yeah, but I can't yeah. Frank Ford was the was the leading talk show host in Philadelphia in uh, 1966, for example. And that's what I used to do on a Friday night for a date. Imagine what a nerd I was trying to take girls to watch talk radio. No wonder I never got the second date. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, Anyway, Mike, anything I can do to help, let me know. Thank you, Billy Sunshine. Always a pleasure. Here's Arthur in Seaside. Arthur, welcome to the Saturday special. With, uh, uh, well, thank yeah, you, thank yeah. you, Michael. Yeah, I'm watching you on TV because I got a, a little one of those little Mac Minis, uh-huh. and I can plug it uh, from my my uh, drive cord into the uh, flat screen television. Okay, and, uh, you don't look anything like what I figured you would look like. Uh, you don't look it. <laughs> terrible, uh, terrible it's disappointment. It's I know. Theater of the mind. What I, am I, I doing know. right now? What am I doing right now? And you well, might have to wait 30 seconds for for the thing to propagate. What am I doing yeah. right now, Arthur in Seaside? Right now you're just kind of looking around, but uh, no, no, I'll keep watching. Taking your hat off, taking your hat. Off. I see your iPhone on the on the table. I got one too. Okay, keep 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 looking. Okay. It's gonna catch up. Oh my God, you're doing the pig nose. Doing the, the pig, pig nose. nose. I'm doing the pig nose. That's what? exactly yes. right. That, that is oh, how delayed that. that is. <laughs> Michael Harrison, did you see my pig nose? No, I'm doing my own pig nose. I see. All righty. I'm doing it in private. 
Well, listen, I'm actually surprised that we're not getting many callers. Maybe we've maybe we've turned everybody off with all our you know in, inside radio stuff or inside media stuff. Well, you're not you're not on a hot topic, you know, so they're not gonna. Yeah, you know, okay, I'm gonna put you, you're you're in charge, Arthur and Seaside. You bring up the hot topic that'll make the phones go wild here. Oh, all I gotta do for that is just bring up uh, your your programming, your earlier programming of the Heritage Foundation, uh, trying to blame people for uh, taking uh, unemployment and food stamps, and when we can't even find jobs out here because they've all been shipped to China, and thanks to the Republicans, we are getting more corporate dollars and more corporate welfare to these big multinational corporations, and at the same time, the Heritage Foundation and all the Republicans out there want to do is just cut Social Security, cut food stamps, cut unemployment, cut us off at the knees so they can give more to the filthy, nasty, multinational uh, economic traders that are running this country right now. And yeah, Democrats Now, Arthur, you are a very articulate man. Wouldn't you agree, Michael Harrison? <laughs> nice one, Arthur. Well, you know, yeah. I hear you guys all day long, and I'm like kicking myself, going, "Oh my God, do these people really believe that it's just uh, us, us, us people that have to take on a job and get food stamps because they don't even pay us enough so that we can get something to eat? We have to go on substance. Even Walmart teaches their employees Arthur, how to get. So far, it's not working. You're very, very articulate, and you're very passionate, but so far it's not. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There is a phone call coming in now. Yeah, somebody's going to disagree with that, right? I don't know. They're going to side with the Heritage Foundation, which is a right-wing think tank, to teach uh, their politicians how to propagandize. Uh, All right, here, here, let, here. Let's find out what Suzette in Monterey is going to say. What are you going to say, Suzette in Monterey? Hey, MZ, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? I'm very well. I'm making cookies. Good. Stop and call. Um, I think anyone that is still thinking that there's a difference between the parties is um, not really oriented to reality. The whole NAFTA-GAFTA thing started years ago, I believe in the Clinton administration, it doesn't really matter whether there's a Republican or Democrat. In it. The difference between whether there's a Republican or Democrat is what gets publicized, but not really what's happening. And I think, that's my opinion, uh, there's a really good YouTube video of Charlie Rose interviewing a guy named Jimmy, I think his name was Jimmy Goldsmith. And it's him talking to this young woman who was in the Clinton cabinet or part of the Department of Commerce or something at the time, and he was explaining to her what was going to happen to jobs in the U.S. if these trade agreements went through. And she was telling him this was not going to happen. And so that is something that has been in the works for a long time, taking away jobs. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And the other thing I wanted to say, and this will be very unpopular, um, but I was listening to Stacey Herbert on the Max Kaiser show, on RT, and you can hear him on maxkaiser.com. And Stacy brought up that when Steve Jobs took his production to China, it ended up increasing his bottom line by 10 bucks a phone. So I think that this, I really, like, it drives me a little crazy when I hear people, like, adoring Steve Jobs 
because he hurt a lot of people. So, you know, in doing that, and it was for 10 bucks a phone, which I realize when you sell millions of phones, that's a lot of money. But it still, you know, look what it did to Silicon Valley. I think it hurt people. So anyway, that's just my two cents. I think if you want if you want a good job in America, you're going to have to become a network marketing professional. You can go to Network Marketing Pro and learn how to do that. There are lots of great companies with great products. And I know just, the best one of all. I know you do. <laughs> I have one too. Young but Germany. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, you have to reinvent yourself yeah, because yeah. jobs. I was educated and trained as a midwife. Couldn't get a job in that profession now because of the malpractice insurance. Um, you know, we all have had to face the fact that what we were educated or trained to do, we may not be able to do that. We have to do something else. So that's right. my two cents. Thank you for, for spending it here on KSCO. That I was... mean, you're keeping me company while I bake. It's okay. a lot of fun. There goes Thanks. Suzette in Monterey. Uh, Michael Harrison and his orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let's let's finish off the time um, with a discussion of wh- where where you think the big the, the 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 traditional media that were you know the cumuluses and the clear channels of the world are are headed. Uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but you're, you're going to tell me what you think, don't you? Aren't you? Even though um, no, because I have never finished a sentence since I've been here. Okay. <laughs> Right. I doubt. I doubt. When I get to my tenth word, somebody will pop up and. No, 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 no. That's not. That young lady was very interesting. Um, it sounds to me, from where I'm sitting, like I'm on a very noisy train, trying to hear various conversations that don't connect to each other, and uh, and I'm trying to figure out like where I fit in. In the case, no, you fit in perfectly. I don't. You fit in perfectly. Or me? No, it's me. Oh, uh, it's not you. It's me. You know. Okay, so so let's talk I, about that. I was hoping that people that we would get some intelligent, you know, media related uh, where we're going questions from the audience, but that you, that you, hasn't you, happened you yet. Get, you get you get the kind of calls that you attract. You get the kind of fish on the hook that you put the bait for. It's all your fault. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right absolutely. on. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and I'm not a big fan of, hey, we don't have any calls and all that stuff, because I don't think a show should be done for the sake of getting calls. I think a show should be done for the sake of creating information that people might want to call into or that they might just want to listen to. Right. So it, it really isn't about who's calling or what. That's what I think. Uh, and, and no, you're right. And Rush has said that. He says it's not a, his show is the most successful. He says it's not about the callers. It's about me. Right. So, so, you know, as far as where Cumulus and Clear Channel are going, their biggest problems are debt. Their biggest problems are dealing with money. And the problem facing radio today, the big radio stations that own most of the companies out there, are preoccupied with dealing with the debt that they accrued in becoming these big companies and don't have enough money and don't have enough focus to do radio the way it should be done because they are completely obsessed with doing radio the way venture capital and Wall Street thinks it should be done, which doesn't play well with the culture of radio. And that's the crisis that we're facing going forward. How it will work out, I don't know, but I've given you in a nutshell what the problem is. Okay, and I, I'm totally with you here. Now, what, what do you think about um, – do, do you think that there will be more mom-and-pop type stations that serve the community as these stations are shedded are shed 
from, from only the big only if only if the um, the stations are shed from the big companies and the moms and the pops that take them over have the capital and the resources to operate them effectively, and remember the original mission is to serve the community, not to compete with every kid in their bedroom making videos and doing Facebook pages to try to hit home runs uh, and go viral. The, 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 the key is a serious commitment to the uh, universal purpose of having community uh, media and creating communities. And, and if the moms and the pops do that, then there will be a future for what we used to call radio. Otherwise, what it's going to be is a very noisy Internet full of all kinds of content. And some of it will be good. Some of it will be bad. But we won't really have a system by which we can easily tell the difference between the fact and the fiction, the information and the misinformation. And we're going to go through a very blurry, wild west of media culture that may not sort out for another 10, 20 years, maybe 30 years. So, so it's an interesting time. But do, I, you I think, I, do you think that uh, five years from now, 10 years from now, there will be uh, a, a anywhere near the number of AM and FM terrestrial radio licensees or licenses, you know, in force? Or do you think a lot of them will have been, tur will have been turned only, in? Only if people like you really seriously buckle down and make these licenses and these stations have very important purpose. If, if, they, are, if they don't have purpose... They will be gone in more than in less than five years. If they, they, it all depends on the purpose and how they're used, and the commitment of the people running them. There's there's no predetermined fate as to what will happen with this system, with these media, with these outlets, just uh, in a vacuum, unaffected by human impetus. So, so my, my answer to you is only if we as an industry are determined to keep it alive and have it serve a purpose. Uh, a stage without a play, a book without words, a radio station without content is a, is a shell. It's an empty shell. It has no meaning. So it, it's a challenge. It's not a fait accompli. And I don't know what the answer is, but I do know. I do know that from what I do, I try to encourage the people in our industry to never forget that we will continue to thrive and exist if we provide quality programming and a service to the listeners. Otherwise, we're only one step away from the kid in the bedroom uh, making videos for his or her friends. And that's okay, too. But it's not a serious big business uh, situation that affects uh, the, the community and the society. Okay. Uh, I, I, that's, that's my answer. I mean, you're, cause that's it's it. a good answer. All right. Yeah. All right. Good. Now, uh, let's see if Rachel in Santa Cruz, who is calling on line one here, has a media-related question. Do you? Do you, Rachel? Rachel. Hello. Hi. I think we. I think we should all understand that we can resist the new world order in all its facets, with our dollars. Resist uh, the 
Uh, okay, you know, it's not not a media question. Okay, Michael, you know what? I apologize to you. I shouldn't have taken a single phone call during the whole second hour because uh, they knocked us off track. And it, all of the all of the second hour should have been like the last five minutes. And I'm beginning to think that um, that maybe because I'm so hang loose and informal uh, a host that I invite people to be uh, silly and off uh, and, and and off topic. Now we have a totally full board of people who are probably off topic. What should we see in the last three minutes? <laughs> sure, why not? All right. Uh, all right. Who is this? Ron and Carmel by the Sea. Are you going to be on topic? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Quick. Here's, here's the problem with this morning's show, okay? My wife is a librarian. I love her. I've been married to her for over 40 years. But whenever I take her to a fellow librarian's house for dinner and all the librarians are there they all talk shop and all the husbands like me look at each other and we can't get a word in edgewise because they're the wives the spouses are talking shop and i think that's what happened this morning you're talking shop and all of the, your spouses out here are just like listening to you and that's my comment well thank you for making it on KSCO, and there's there's definitely something to be said for that, uh, don't you think, Michael? You really should be ashamed of yourself, MZ. You are a disgrace. You have really, really disappointed me, and I will think twice about ever coming back at least for a week mm-hmm. on this program. <laughs> and everybody else left. There was a full board of people besides Ron and Carmel by the Sea. Everybody has left. Everybody. I have had the honor of being on the worst show ever on this radio station or maybe on radio in the world. And I can't believe that you put me in that position. But well, it's not so much you. It's just it's me. But anyhow, who is this who's on the phone with us now? Who, who's on the phone, unscreened? Hello. Yeah, you're on. Who is this? Oh, good. This is Rich over in Salinas. Uh, I have a request at the end of the program for Michael Harrison. Uh one of his famous relatives, George Harrison, Apple Scruffs. Yeah. I've mean, yeah. for three times before, and you've never played it. So this is talk radio. This is uh, like the old days when the radio played music. And we'll throw out uh, a music at the end of the show, because you're almost over with it anyway. Okay. And by the way, when is Rush Limbaugh going to go off the air? That's a media question. Uh, you mean forever or on this radio station? Well, when is he going to wear out his welcome? Everywhere, I think. Slowly, very slowly. It'll be a slow fade unless, you know, something happens to him. It'll be a slow fade, very slow. It'll take years for people to realize it. They're switching over to uh, uh, Alex Jones and others, uh, uh, you know, Joyce Riley, others programs, too, that are coming. Hey, variety, variety is the spice of life. 